only way that anybody ever baptized was in Jesus' name. And when you've seen people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. Now, we haven't gone into a lot of detail on that, but in Acts chapter 2, they were languages that were human languages that people understood. It would be like um, Vivek lifting his hands and speaking in Russian. Do you speak Russian? He doesn't speak Russian. But praising the Lord in Russian. And so these Jews on the day of Pentecost were praising the Lord in other human languages. And since there were Jews from all over the world, they recognized what they were saying. So um, this is different. Tongues of praise is different than the gift of tongues that we read about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14. And so that tongue, and so we, when we've gone through the lesson, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, um, we differentiate. So you can see that tongues of praise is man speaking to God, praising God. The gift of tongues is always accompanied, always without a doubt, always accompanied with an, an interpretation. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's a supernatural gift. And so it's always by two or three courses. There's always two or three courses. That's the, that's the way it is in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And that is God speaking to man. God speaking to us. So... Um, we talked a little bit about that last week. Now, this, um, Michael and Vivek are wanting to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joshua's raising his hand, too. <laughs> um. And so um, they're inviting everyone. We don't have a location or any, anything yet, but we'll, we'll get it more dialed in. And um, I know Vivek for a long time was saying, when Michael gets out, we're going to get baptized together. <laughs> and so, um, so we're going to be talking more about that. And it's possibility Sunday, possibly. He, he wants to make sure that he's baptized before it gets too cold. Oh, she has to start work. Okay. Okay. All right. So we we might do it on a Thursday or a Friday. All right. And he wants like a, a setting like a river or the or the lake. <laughs> He doesn't want me to do the baptist baptistry. <laughs> he wants to try to pull me down too. No. <laughs> so, all right. So, really excited about that. Um, it's always uh, a neat time when somebody's baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
for the remission of sins. Amen. So as promised, um, we're going to talk about through the book of Acts, the eight steps through the book of Acts. Um, so we talked about in one case or two cases in the past few weeks, probably two weeks ago, how that if you don't respond properly to revelation, you respond with rejection. There's also an antithesis of the eight steps. And you can see people where they get all the way back down to a reprobate mind. We looked at that through Romans chapter 1. So if you respond to the revelation incorrectly by rejection, because the revelation, the illumination of God is, it goes forth. And, you know, when that light shines, and it, sometimes if it's too bright, we want to escape and turn that light off and get away from it, right? And so we, like men, love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. That's what the Bible says. And so if we try to do everything to escape and get away from the light, we can go this opposite direction. So revelation. So we're going to just talk about a couple things. Acts chapter 2, we'll start with, and Acts chapter 2, we're going to start at verse 22. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. So Jesus did God's works, and he was approved of God. Jesus. That's what we've got to tell people about. They've got to know all about who Jesus is. If they don't have that, nothing else even matters. Nothing else. So Acts 2.22 says, Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Peter's preaching. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. God did these miracles. God did these signs in the midst of you through Jesus Christ, as ye yourselves also know. Jesus could easily, he did say, right, the works that I do, they're not my works. The words that I speak, they're not my words. So when you hear Jesus speak, you're hearing the words of the Father. When you see Jesus do action, you're seeing the works of the Father. So, that next verse, verse 23, that's the first thing, that revelation, telling people who Jesus really is, letting them know who Jesus really is. Verse 23, him being delivered, Jesus being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. So, we can see the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That third thing in verse 24, whom God hath raised up, God raised him up. He was the innocent one, right? Having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. And then verse 25 that fourth thing, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord 
always before my face. And the fifth thing is in that same verse, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. He's on my right hand that I should not be moved. Verse 6, uh, not verse 6, verse 26, which in verse 27, which covers that sixth thing. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also, my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. My tongue was glad, my flesh shall rest in hope. That relates with that sixth thing. Number seven, thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. David was not the one that was spoken of. It was Jesus Christ. So um, Jesus is the one. We see in verse 29 through verse 36, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. That he is both dead and buried, and he is in a sepulcher is with us unto, the, unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof... We all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. So we can see, now what we've normally heard about is the eight steps from verse 36 all the way to the end of the chapter, right? So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because we've talked about that. We talked about Revelation in verse 36. So Peter concluded his message on the day of Pentecost saying, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, right? They heard this. Number two, they were pricked in their heart. Three, they said, "What, men and brethren, what shall we do? Number four, he said, repent. Five, be baptized. Number six, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 40 through 46, he's saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's that remaining principle. That's when we're born again, Right? And we hit that new birth threshold. We got to now grow. We can't stay a baby forever, but we've got to learn to have brotherly kindness is what's found in Second Peter chapter 1. We got to learn to have relationships with our brothers and sisters and get along. And that's not always easy. How many know what I'm talking about? You guys have some brothers and sisters? You got some? All right. Is it always easy to get along with brothers and sisters? No, is it? And when I was younger, I had sisters. And I had to learn how to get along. It took a while before I got to that place where I learned how to 
And it's the same way in the church. We get born again, and sometimes we just can't stand the people in the church. We get irritated. But we've got to learn to get along. We've got to, you'll know them by the love that they have one for another. That's how you're going to know them. And so we've got to learn to get along with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Sometimes I, I used to see it where some people would just come for service and bolt as quick as they could. That we have got to have relationship one with another. So, you know, you guys remember when uh, Brother Bailey preached here years ago? Maybe not everyone was here. There was a few people here. Do you remember when he talked about a dipstick? How some people are dipsticks in your life? You guys remember that? So, you know those dipsticks. When you check your oil, Danielle, and it shows low on oil, you're low on oil, do you throw that dipstick down and stop on it and kick it, get mad at the dipstick? And sometimes we have dipsticks in our life that let us know we're a little low on patience. Or we're, we're a little bit low on love, right? So, you know, they're just dipsticks. My wife is my spiritual dipstick. She lets me know sometimes. So, you know, when somebody comes along and they say, you know, you probably... That probably wasn't very Christian of you. You guys like to hear that? Anybody? All right. Well, I don't like to hear it either. And so um, here we are. The Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. So he's the one, right? And it's through our witnesses. It's through us conforming into the image of Jesus Christ. It's, are people attracted to us? Not necessarily, but they are attracted to what the Lord has done in our lives. And they see us beginning to emulate and portray more of Jesus Christ. And that's the goal, because we want to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, chapter 3, the healing of the lame man. Eight principles here. We're going to start with chapter 3, verse 5. Chapter 3, verse 5. The healing of the lame man. Well, let me just read 1 through 11. And then we'll go over the principles to see if you guys could see them. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. What time is the ninth hour? Time is the ninth hour. Anybody? So if the first hour of the day, if their day time started at 6 a.m., it'd probably be around 3 p.m., so the ninth hour of the day, right? So, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. 
And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and he immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Skipping to the next chapter. Chapter 4, verse 21 is where we see the eighth principle. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. Now let's go through and see if you can see the eight principles. The first one is in verse 5. Revelation. So, first principle, verse 5, and second principle, verse 5. He gave heed unto them, number one. Number two, expecting to receive something of them. That's number two, expecting to receive. The third thing, he responded by, verse 8, leaping up. Leaping up. The fourth thing is he stood and walked. In that same verse, verse 8. He walked and he stood against the fears of failure, pain and falling. The fifth thing, he entered with them into the temple. In verse 8. And the sixth thing, walking, leaping and praising God. That seventh thing is in verse 11 where he held Peter and John. This is that step, that brotherly kindness in verse 11. And then in verse 21 of chapter 4, we see all men glorified God for that which was done. They glorified God. There is that reproduction step, that step of reproduction, that charity. They began to glorify God. So there's those eight steps. There's a lot of them. We are probably not going to get very far tonight, but I'm trying to get through some of the examples that we have here. Are you guys understanding? It's tedious. It's it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I heard something this week, and um, the preacher said, Hang in there. Listen. There's a lot of information here. It's tedious. But there will be a point at the end, and you'll see. (laughs) I hope that you guys can see that for so many years, I mean, I, you know, 
now I'm seeing it everywhere in the Bible. I see it so many places, how important it is to start with, the, with that revelation. And when I talk to other people, how important it is to talk to them about the revelation. It takes a lot of pressure off my shoulders. I don't feel like I need to shove anything else, talk to them about anything else, but they got to know who Jesus is because that's the thing that will end up making the difference in their lives. So Acts chapter 3, the eight principles in Peter's second message. The first one was there on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, but we're going to start with verse 12. We're going to read through verse 26. Verse 12, verse 12 through 16 is where we see the first principle. Acts chapter 3, and when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or, or holiness we had made this man to walk? He's the lame man that was healed, right, at the beginning of the chapter. He's not saying, he's not taking any credit for it. We didn't make this man walk. The God of Abraham, verse 13, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his Son, Jesus, whom ye delivered up, and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name, that's Jesus, right? Through faith in his name hath made this man strong, hath made the lame man that we just read about, hath made this man strong. Whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Do you see a revelation of Jesus Christ in this passage? Do you see that the one that they had crucified, how Peter was telling them who this one was that they had crucified? Now, um, verse 17 is where we can see the second step. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. We see the third thing right there in verse 7, 18. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. So Peter's showing them that what they did in crucifying the Lord, it was fulfillment of Scripture. It was Bible-based. Okay, so he's showing them that. Then we could see in verse 19, that fourth step, repent ye therefore. You know, so we got to repent. You're not going to be saved without repentance. You must repent. And repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. But repentance gets down to your very motive. And we allow God to change our heart. He's the one. And we could pray like the psalmist, like David said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me in Psalm 51. 
So that brand new heart, that clean heart, right? So repent ye therefore, asking God to help change our motives so we can have proper motives. So that way now proper motives can produce proper goals, which can produce proper actions. So repent ye therefore, be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Can you see remission there? Sins being blotted out. Baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That your sins may be blotted out. George Rickerberry says, and be converted for the blotting out of your sins. Be converted for the blotting out of your sins. We can see that step five. When the times of refreshing, number six, shall come from the presence of the Lord. And we can see uh, when the times are refreshing, George Rickerberry says, so that may come times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost so that you can have the times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. And so we go on. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Verse 21, and we can see this step seven starting here. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution. So you just remain. You just stay, right? Which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet, are you guys seeing this here? That prophet is Jesus Christ. Moses prophesied about a prophet that would come, right? A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. He's talking about Jesus Christ. The prophet that he's referring to is Jesus Christ. Like unto me, a prophet like Moses, him shall ye hear in all things, Whatsoever he shall say unto you. Can you see that remaining? You, can you see that saving yourselves from your, this untoward generation? We've got to grow. We've got to grow. We don't just get baptized, repent, get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the Holy Ghost and that's it. But we have to grow. So he is the one who teaches us. He's the one who leads us and guides us. Him shall you hear and all the Holy Ghost shall teach you that day. It shall teach you the things that you're going to say when you don't know what to say. It shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet, every soul that will not hear that prophet, Jesus, shall be destroyed from among the people. It's important that we hear Jesus. Very important. So verse 24, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. That's that reproduction right there. Unto you first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. So that eighth thing offers them hope, offers them promise, 
So Jesus Christ is the, old, the Holy One. He is the Prince of Life. He is the Just One. He's the prophet that Moses prophesied would come. All right. My goal was to get through these last two examples, and that'll get us through chapter 4. So Acts chapter 4 Verses 5 through 23. The rulers of the people. I'll re- go ahead and read that passage. See if I have time to read that. Came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone. Jesus is the stone that was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Jesus is the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name than Jesus. So that's that first thing. That's that first principle. Um, And now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And here's the second thing. They took knowledge of them. Recognition that they had been with Jesus. Just these unlearned and ignorant men who we didn't see not that long ago when Jesus at his trial, Peter denied him. It wasn't that long ago. And that's why that song says the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. You know, they spoke the Word of God with boldness, right? The Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. And so they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus and beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. I mean, what can you say? The evidence is right there. The evidence is right there. Verse 15, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, that's that next principle, number three. Number four, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. 
but that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Next principle, verse number five, principle five, verse 18. And they called them and commanded them, as the sixth principle, not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, that's that seventh thing, they let them go. Number eight, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So number one was verse 12, marveled at the boldness and message of the delivery. Number two, they took knowledge of them in verse 13. Number three, they commanded them to go aside out of the council. That's verse 15. Number uh, four is they conferred among themselves how to override the miracle for selfish reasons. And that's 15 through 17. They called them in verse 18. That's five. Principle six, commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus at all. You can almost see like there's eight principles. They're not the eight principles from life or from death to life. The seventh thing is they further threaten them in verse 21, and then they let them go. So, resurrection, lordship, names, definition. We have the stone that was rejected, the the chief cornerstone. So, this last little section, it's in in the same chapter. We can see this last little section that will go through chapter 4. Um, certain of the temple and the Sadducees reject. So I think a lot of people out there, re- what can we do if somebody rejects the Lord Jesus Christ, the message of the Lord Jesus Christ? What can I do? There's not really much I can do. I can tell people about Jesus. I can encourage them to seek after the Lord Jesus. But after that, it's really up to them. And I could do my best if somebody's hungry and somebody wants to know more, then I can share. I could do the best that I can to show people who Jesus is, like to make him known, right? To know him and to make him known. First and foremost, I got to know him. Then I got to tell people about him. And so, but if they reject him, there's not too much that I can do. And there are those who reject that knowledge. Why do people reject that knowledge? Well, we, we've kind of talked about that a little bit in the, a couple weeks ago um, for various reasons. But chapter 4, verse 1, they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. So they spake unto them. They had a message. And we have an essential message. We have something that people must know. We've got to know. We've got to make it known. We've got to know it ourselves. We've got to tell people about it. And then look at verse 2. They were grieved. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached 
through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. You can see that they didn't like what they were hearing. They preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they, they were grieved about it. All those elders. So we, we can see they weren't very happy about that. In verse 3, it says, They laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. So not only, I mean, they didn't like the message. They were grieved by the message, and they're trying to stop the message from going any further. It's kind of like where we're at in the world today. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Because there are some places in the world where they think that they do God's service to persecute the Christians. Right? Some countries, you hear, you hear about martyrs, people who die for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so anybody here willing to die? Any of you children willing to die for the Lord Jesus? No? No. At least you're honest. I, I would have said the same thing. Actually, I probably would have not said anything, you know, because I know what the answer should be. You're willing to die, Isabella? <laughs> Catherine, she said she's willing to die. She raised her hand for the Lord Jesus. Amen. That, that is awesome. What a great testimony, Isabella. <laughs> so... They laid hands on them, put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. And the number of the men was about 5,000. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. So they gathered together. And then when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? So they challenged them. So that's when people reject the message. So I don't know about anyone else, but I just, I just never liked rejection. The, I had a tremendous fear of rejection. And so the idea of telling somebody about Jesus that they might reject, it was easier for me not to. That's why door knocking made me so nervous. I know Brother Bloss and Sister Crispy, they love door knocking. But it would make me so nervous, and I had a, a fear of it. And... Um, but now, as I've gotten older, I can see that there are people who desperately need the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a foreman on my, at my company that I got to spend some time with today, and he asked me straight up if I was a Christian. And, um, and so I was able to say yes, and he said, y you know, because I asked him, because he began to see some things. And his wife, ever since COVID, they've been doing some research, and they used to be very liberal. He said, now we're, we've gone the opposite. 
He said, we're very conservative now. And it's like we have like a Christian. And I, I was very shocked because I never knew this guy to be that way. And so um, we got to talk about several things, several things. But he he asked the question. He probed. And if you have here's the thing that Brother Smith said. And I found this to be true. If you have the message that the Lord wants shared with the world, he's going to bring people in your path. He's going to bring people in your pathway. And ever since that day in 2009 or 10, when I made up my mind that I was just going to start telling people, it just, I was like, man, this is easy. I just got to tell people about Jesus. The moment I started doing that, I, people started, God started putting people in my path, putting people in my path constantly, almost on a daily basis. And so think about that. Think about you doing everything that you can to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's all you got to do is tell somebody what he's done for you, who he is, how he's changed your life. He's a great, um, he's the great physician. He's, uh, you know, he's the healer. I am the God that healeth thee, we read from Exodus 15. And so all the great things about our God, he's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning, he's the end. We read about, we sang about it tonight, right? We, we, we sang about him being the way, the truth, and the life. And some people don't know which way they should go. Some people don't have any understanding. Some people don't trust anybody. And Sister Catherine, your grandfather, I talked with him on the phone for a while today, and um, he, he mentioned the word restoration. And we know, because we've heard this from the forgiveness lesson, that our number one outreach tool is forgiveness. Number one, that, that hit me because when you see people that have, they've messed up, that they've blown it, and they can begin to understand that this God that we worship has already forgiven them. He died for their sins. You know, you and I, we might not forgive, but he's merciful. He's kind that forgiveness. And so how much more should we forgive others? Because our message is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our message. A lot of people have messed up. They've blown it. But he's able to wipe their slate clean through baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. And then in turn, we turn around and we forgive others who have wronged us. We've got to do it. It's essential. We must forgive. All right. Praise the Lord. So we only got through some of the examples through chapter 4, but we're going to go through the book of Acts. And um, hopefully you guys can start seeing the principles. In every case, when it deals with the salvation of human beings, we're going to see these principles. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Brother Bloss, would you pray in closing tonight?